All right. Find your way back to your seats. Let's open with a word of prayer this evening. Father God, I thank you. I thank you to be here with your people. I thank you for just a time that we're setting aside this evening to celebrate that great day that we rejoice in, the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Father, our minds, no doubt, are filled with many things. Our hearts often are overwhelmed with difficult things this time of year. So, Father, I pray that you would use the next few moments and and this evening in its entirety to really get a hold of us through your Spirit, to capture our hearts and our minds again for Jesus Christ, that we may truly worship him on this great holiday. We ask your blessing on the service, on your people, and on your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, if you don't know me, I'm Pastor Jeremy from Summit Bible Church. Merry Christmas. That is what we say to one another, right? But what makes Christmas so merry? Is it the lights? The presents? The company parties? The truth is that not everyone is so merry or happy. In fact, for many, this time of year can be just downright stressful. And more than a few even feel relief and, yes, joy when the holiday is finally passed. I am sure you know that as we meet here this very hour, there are very brave men and women at retail stores plowing their way through the desperate crowds in order to purchase those final presents for the big day tomorrow. In my own home, and maybe it is in yours as well, Allie and I cannot rest. We are really not at peace until all of the Christmas shopping is done, right? Once that final gift is purchased for that last person, we look at each other and and we say, we're done, baby. We're done. Now we can enjoy the holiday. So we make... (laughs) We make it our goal every year to try to get done as soon as possible. Maybe you're that way too. I mean, isn't that what is mostly meant when someone asks you, hey, are you ready for Christmas? Doesn't that really mean, are you done with your shopping yet? Some people think that the gift buying or the commercialism of Christmas has just gone too far. And has diverted our attention from, quote, the real reason for the season, as some people put it. Maybe you agree. Maybe you don't. But what is the real reason for the season? 
What is it that should truly make Christmas a merry Christmas? Although people answer that question in different ways, I am fairly certain that this crowd would say that Jesus is the reason. I got one amen, so that's good. I know I'm in the right building. That Jesus is the reason for the season. That he is what makes December 25th significant, meaningful, and yes, joyful. To that, beloved, I would say amen. I strongly agree, but I would, I would follow up with just one question. Why? What is the big deal about Jesus? In what way does Jesus actually make Christmas merry? Or why does Jesus make Christmas a day worth really celebrating? Or a special season to be exceedingly cheerful and happy? Now, before we consider that question this evening, I would like to quickly review which most of you know very well, the first part of the Christmas story according to God's holy word. Just over 2,000 years ago, there was a man named Joseph and a woman named Mary. And, as many of you know, they were engaged to be married. In the Bible, in the Gospel of Luke, we are told that an angel named Gabriel appeared to Mary and told her she would become pregnant and give birth to a son and that they must name him Jesus. Mary asked the angel how this would happen since she was still a virgin. And the angel said, quote, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy the Son of God. Luke, chapter 1, verse 35. In other words, Mary's pregnancy would not come about through the normal process of human conception. She would be a pregnant virgin. Now, that is a miracle. But Joseph didn't know about this miracle. He wasn't there when the angel Gabriel told Mary about these incredible things. All he knew at first was that the woman that he was engaged to had become pregnant and he had nothing to do with it. You can imagine what he was thinking. So in the Gospel of Matthew, we are told that Joseph no longer wanted Mary to be his wife. Mary's surprise pregnancy obviously made it look like Mary had been unfaithful to her man. So an angel comes, according to God's word, and appears to Joseph in a dream. And he basically tells him, dude, chill. Not exactly in those words, but he he said, listen, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Which is basically the same thing that the angel Gabriel had said to Mary. 
Now, I want to point something out. Neither Joseph nor Mary were given a choice in choosing a name for this miraculous baby. Rather, his name was chosen for them. You shall or must name this child Jesus. That's what the angel said. That's what they commanded. But why that name? Why not Billy or Eric or George? Well, Matthew's gospel tells us why that particular name was chosen. And I'll read you the passage, and it's probably very familiar to you. Matthew chapter 1, verse 21. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. This is the instructions to Joseph by the angel. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. In our culture, we don't, we don't think very much about a person's name other than how it sounds when we say it, right? That's typically how we pick baby names or whether it rhymes with the other children's names. But in the ancient culture, the meaning of someone's name was, was very important. And the name Jesus literally means God saves or rescues. God saves or rescues. So it was absolutely appropriate for the baby in Mary's womb to be given the name Jesus because through this very special child conceived by the Holy Spirit, God would save or rescue his people from their sins. Matthew one twenty one in another translation puts it this way. She is going to have a son. You must give him the name Jesus. That is because he will save his people from their sins. Beloved, celebrating the birth of Jesus should be significant and special and joyful and, yes, merry as we remember that the announcement of his birth, she will bear a son, is followed by the name his parents had to give the child, you shall call him Jesus, which is followed by the inspiring, mind-blowing explanation for the reason for that specific name. For he will save his people from their sins. The Apostle John spoke of this truth, this glorious truth, this celebratory truth in this way in John chapter 3, verse 17. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through Him. Paul reflects this truth in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15, Paul wrote, The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Beloved, the greatest enemy of humanity, 
is not the threat of nuclear war. It is not global warming. It is not overpopulation of the earth. It is not running out of oil or other resources. The greatest enemy of humanity is sin. It is sin. Sin, to put it simply, is rebellion against the Creator. It is rebellion against God. And the Bible says there is not one person who has not sinned apart from Jesus Christ. Sin, beloved, is what separates humanity from God and places people under His holy wrath. Sin is what perverts and destroys human lives, families, marriages, relationships, churches, societies, and governments. Sin wrecks them all. Sin leaves people destitute and hopeless. Sin is the cruelest of slave masters. Sin seeks to do only one thing, kill and destroy God's creation. Sin is our greatest enemy. But Jesus was born to save his people to rescue them from our greatest enemy, from sin. Beloved, that is what makes Christmas so merry. It is this truth that should fill this holiday with joy and happiness. Regardless of how filled the living room is with presents, Regardless of how many parties we have, regardless of how many family members we have over this season, regardless of all that, it is this truth and this truth alone that should overwhelm our hearts and allow us to freely say, Merry Christmas. In order to stir our hearts, I thought it would be good to just briefly consider the ways in which Jesus saves his people from their sins. And I would encourage you to continue considering these things as we celebrate the birth of our Savior over the next couple of days. You know these things, most likely. You've heard them before, but it is good to repeat them. First, beloved, he saves his people from the penalty of sin. The personal penalty of sin, beloved, is ultimately separation from God, our Creator. An eternity of condemnation and joylessness. Did you catch that? Joylessness. But Jesus' sacrificial and substitutionary death on the cross paid the penalty for His people so that they would be rescued from an everlasting, God-forsaken existence that they rightfully 
deserved. No longer, beloved, are his people condemned, nor will they ever be. But they have been fully forgiven and declared right with God because of Jesus' sacrificial work on that cross. Jesus saves his people. He saves his people from the penalty of sin. Beloved, he saves his people from the power of sin. Jesus' salvation breaks the bondage of sin in their lives and frees them, really frees them, to live according to God's righteousness and to live for their Creator instead of in rebellion against Him. We are, who are His people have not only been saved from the misery of hell, but rescued from a life on earth that is controlled and dominated by sin and therefore relentlessly continues to experience the painful consequences of that devastating reality. That alone is worth getting excited about on this evening. Beloved, God not only saved you from the penalty of sin through Jesus Christ, but he didn't leave you to wallow around in your sin on your, during your time here on earth. But he has given you his spirit and he has broken the chains that have gripped you so that you might walk in freedom, that you might walk in righteousness and avoid all of the junk that comes from walking in sin. He has saved us from the penalty of sin. He has saved us from the power of sin. Jesus saves his people from the presence of sin. The final destiny of every Christian is to be with Jesus in a place where sin cannot be found. No longer, beloved, will sin be a part of our daily reality. No longer. No longer will it be a plague to saved humanity. For sin's presence will be eradicated permanently. Glory to God. Jesus saves us from the penalty of sin. He saves us from the power of sin. He will save us from the presence of sin, beloved. During all the festivals, and I love them, during all the festivals of this holiday, I hope that you will remember and cherish these unbelievable words in Matthew chapter 1, verse 21. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Merry Christmas, beloved. Let's pray.